What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We are less than a week away from USAPL Raw Nationals, the best powerlifting meet of the year. And we have our predictions and our hot takes for the super heavyweight male and 120 kilo male divisions, along with the 76 through 84 plus female divisions. And just a reminder that we record all of these preview episodes on Wednesday. So we led with the super heavyweights for a good reason, because Jesus Oliveira's first Ray Williams is arguably one of the most compelling storylines of Raw Nationals. And on Wednesday, we lived in a world where Ray Williams was competing at Raw Nationals. And on Thursday, we lived in a world where Ray Williams was not competing at USAPL Raw Nationals. So we led with that for a reason. We still delivered some hot takes and predictions, so we kept it in the episode because there's some pretty good arguments being presented on both sides, Ray and Jesus. Uh, Jesus is one of my favorite lifters, so I want to talk about him, and he still has a chance to put together one of the best performances we've ever seen in the USAPL, but yeah, it's a different conversation that Ray is not in the uh, running at Raw Nationals anymore. He tested positive for COVID-19, so he will not be making the trip to Daytona Beach, but we covered all the other weight classes as well. Uh, really great debate Steve and I had. Um, there's a bit disparity in all these weight classes. Actually, now there's a disparity in all the weight classes, I think, with uh, super heavyweight through the 84-plus uh, female division. So we still give our predictions, and we actually end the show off on giving our predictions for the best overall male and female lifters as well. So really great episode of Two White Lights. I'm excited because we are so, so close to USAPL Raw Nationals. But before we get into the show, got to talk to you guys about Left Floor Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftfloorbros.com, visit Left Floor Bros' Instagram page because you will see some of the best powerlifting merchandise out in the sport right now. Everything to release is beautiful. Everything to release is dope. If you buy some Left Floor Bros merchandise, you're going to look good in the gym. You're going to look good in the platform. You're going to look good out of the gym. It is a triple threat. Some of the best new merchandise I've seen in powerlifting. They actually do this thing where they create new designs and they're different from each other and everything looks unique. It's a dying breed in powerlifting where you get that and Leffler Bros definitely does that and that's why I love them and you are going to love them too when you use that promo code 2WL15 at checkout to save 15% off of your order. Use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. And also, if you're a fan of Two White Lights, they got Two White Lights merchandise on LaFlarBros.com as well. So if you like Two White Lights, you are going to do this. You are going to buy some LaFlar Bros merchandise, and you're going to buy some Two White Lights merchandise, and you're going to use that same promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Two White Lights has got a Hell of a lot of merchandise you can choose from as well. So make sure you are doing that. Also, visit Rivalist.net to get yourself some Rival Nutrition. The look may have changed. The logo may have changed. The name may have changed. But they still have the same great Informed Choice supplements. Informed Choice supplements are important because that's how you don't have any banned substances in your pre-workout, brand chain amino acids, protein powders, whatever you like to take. It's all Informed Choice. So that means no banned substances. That's what I take, and that's for a reason as well, because I'm in the USAPL, and I don't want to get a drug test popped. So make sure you are rival nutrition, getting yourself some supplements, and using promo code ANGELO20. That will save you 20% off of your order. 
Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. Get yourself some IPF-approved wrist wraps, belts, singlets. Stoic gear has it all, all IPF-approved. You can wear it at Raw Nationals. You can wear it at the Arnold, whatever USAPL meet you decide to compete in. And also, it's good in the other federations as well. That's why Stoic is great. And also, they have the best, most affordable gear in powerlifting and it could become more affordable if you have that promo code Angelo10. Save 10% off your order when you use that promo code for all of your Stoic gear. Angelo10, make sure you're using it on lift.net for some Stoic gear. Also, make sure you are getting in on some notorious lift, no slip drippers. They slippers, my bad. They are releasing some new color waves tonight when this episode airs. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter. Because I'm telling you, the two new color waves and designs they just dropped are going to sell out immediately. They look beautiful. It's got a jungle theme to it. I love how it looks. It looks fantastic. You are going to want to get your hands on these no-slip-drip slippers. So here's what you're going to do. Sign up for the newsletter, follow them on Instagram, and be sure you are on that drop. Have your size ready. Have everything ready to go. Because you do not want to miss out on this drop or any other drops. Because if they're releasing some good stuff now, they're going to release it later as well. Because they do not stop with the amazing drops. Great deadlift slipper, but they look even better, which is the perfect duo. Also, follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review as well. That always helps Two White Lights. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. I got with me Steve DeNovi, and we are so close to Raw Nationals. I can almost taste it. I can almost smell Daytona Beach, and I don't even know what Daytona Beach smells like. That's how much. That's how close we are to Raw Nationals. Yeah, I'm driving. You're well. You're leaving Friday for Carolina. I'm driving there Saturday. It's on. I mean, we're we're getting there. First day I'll be coaching is Tuesday, and then eight days from now you'll be competing. Uh, I'll be with Sean on Thursday, and I'll have uh, Autumn Green on Friday. So it's 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 here. It's time. We've been waiting for this for two years. I've been getting so much more excited. I mean, you know, give us give us the bump here. The preview show has been kind of getting me really excited. Also, seeing all the lifters kind of posting what they're doing, how their training is going, has got me excited as well. And also, since we've been doing these previews. We had to start like three weeks prior to Raw Nationals because it's such a massive meet with so many different weight classes that I knew this was going to happen, where in that three weeks, lifters were going to put together lifts, they were going to put something together, they're going to make something look good, where it might have dictated our predictions a little bit, because usually when you hit your last heavy sessions or lifts, it's like two weeks out, one week out, that's me, I'm going to be hitting my last heavy squat Friday, so... One to two weeks out is when the heavy lifts are coming in, and that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Nothing we can do about it either. We're going to probably have to do that every year. It's just going to happen, and we're going to be wrong sometimes. But we'll kind of recap some of those. 
I think the obvious big mic drop on two white lights was literally like five hours after we posted it. Russ came out and then uh, deadlifted 750 and locked it out and held on to it. So, uh, His, yeah. The best yeah, pull but, I've ever seen him do. It was yeah. the best pull I've ever seen Russ do. Uh, with his one rep maxes, he is always on the borderline of just not getting it past his knee because of how much he grinds with it. He got through the quakes and locked it out. I joined him on Instagram Live to talk about it. That was pretty cool. And, yeah, the fingertip grip that you said, that's that's what that's exactly what he alluded to, yeah. was uh, I, the I leverage the I leverage thing. I don't take back anything we said because everything we said was based off of current information. I think he was admitting and when you talked to him that, like, there was an issue because of that grip. And once he changed his grip back, He's much better now. Got much better leverage with his deadlift. So, um, obviously, meat day is still upon us. It doesn't mean he's necessarily going to hit 750 on meat day, just like anyone we talked about. There's PRs in the gym don't mean PRs in the platform, but in the sense of kind of what we were talking about of just not being confident on his grip holding up, mic drop on us, we can't say anything about that. So yeah. um, you already picked Russ. I picked Sean. I'm not changing my prediction based off of that because I think there's a lot more variables still at play, and we got a game day to play out, but – yeah, I mean, kudos to Russ. That was a great deadlift. You can't take anything away from that. Awesome job. Yeah. So makes my uh, argument stronger. But then you have ninety threes with Gavin Aiden. Yeah, I mean Gavin too. I mean, we were thinking you went back and forth on Gavin between Chance. I mean, I don't. I, literally, I I think all of us could say we went back and forth between pretty much everyone for that kind of third spot. I think we we're pretty solid on Connor, and I'm still good there. But Gavin came out. I think he hit seven twenty two on his squat, which was a huge PR. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he can replicate that in the meet, that's going to give him a big advantage. That's going to, I mean, it's, it's, it's just going to be close that 93's third spot and possibly second, if Connor slips up at all, um, is going to be tight. And really too, I mean, Keiko's going to have to go nine for nine. If yeah. Keiko doesn't go nine for nine, he could leave the window open. Yeah. And Connor's, uh, I haven't seen much from Connor's training, but I've heard through the grapevine that. It's going very well. Yeah, uh, and they're I mean, not really posting not the big stuff. Much info. I share the same coach. Um, I'll just say Connor's Connor's ready. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very very good matchup in the ninety threes. Uh, Jen Thompson, I believe, hit a hit a squat PR, which is crazy because yeah. I think that's post hip surgery. Yeah, squat PR regardless of hip surgery or not, like even before. Yeah. Um, now she kind of has that weird lockout now because of the hip surgery and I, it'll, it'll kind of be interesting kind of how that plays out. I, I don't see any red lights per se because of it, but it's just, it's just kind of a odd sticking point she has now, but yeah, squat PR there. So like, I mean, she looks like she can put up all time numbers, but you know what? I mean, Jen, I, I, I still like actually Jen Milliken also hit a big lift PR too. I think she went 375 for a triple on squat at like a nine or an eight or nine RPE. So both of those ladies are heating up. I think I like my pick still, but like, I, yeah, I mean, they're both strong and, and Jen Thompson is a gamer. I mean, there's a reason why she didn't lose a head to head matchup for something like 10 years in a row or something crazy at one point. Yeah. Um, because she's the ultimate BK performer. Uh, and then just quick thing going back to 83s. We don't have an update on what's going to happen, but we do have an update that John Gruden is going to compete. That was kind of up in the air and it sounded like that truly was up in the air and he kind of had to see his schedule. He is competing. And he is just a mystery man. I mean, we said it before. He could come in and not really be a huge factor. Or he could come in and maybe win. 
And yeah. no one, I wouldn't be surprised if he just wins out of nowhere. Like yeah. it wouldn't surprise that me. Would, that would throw a wrench into all of our predictions. But yeah, oh. that would be insanity if that happens. And yeah, I actually forgot about that at the lead. Uh, that is huge. When John Gruden is competing, you know that he's going to put together a, no matter what, his last total in 2019 was 787. And that was just at a local meet from now till this current time. I don't anticipate him regressing since then. So, and he's always been a game lifter. So that's a big development there. Uh, yeah, we might have some weird jostling going around the 83s. And yeah, and I, I think, I, I hopefully this is the last of the development. So we don't look stupid uh, when we air the episode on Friday. It should be. I can't think it's too <laughs> oh, Unless someone hits a big, I guess, I don't know, Wednesday. Because we're recording this on Wednesday, people. So Thursday, Friday. Unless, you know, Russ decides to just pull 771 for whatever reason. I don't think he would, but pull 771 for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, I can't, uh, hopefully there wouldn't be any more developments. Yeah, can't imagine there's too much more. I think, we, I think we're going to settle down a little bit from here on out. But either way, um, some really good lists going down over this last week. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've got five more classes now to go over to wrap this up. Um, and I think we're going to lead off with the one that, I mean, this could be, I mean, this is, it's, it's not as hyped mainly because I I don't think neither, especially Ray is not social media driven. It's not like Russ and Sean who are very social media active. So the the hype gets driven a lot, but I mean, big, big matchup. We got the 120 kilo men with Jesus versus Ray Williams. Yeah, that is, I mean, it, to me, I mean, it's literally the main event. These are going to be the last raw lifters you see at Nationals compete against each other. And it is kind of crazy that you're saying it doesn't have the same storyline as maybe a Russ and Nori or Rouska and Lewis or just the different classes that are taking place because this is huge. This is about as close as we've seen Ray get challenged in his career and Jesus has a chance to do it in a big, big way. Not just beating Ray on a bad day, but beating Ray on a good day. Yeah. That's how good uh-huh. Jesus has been looking for a long time now. I mean, that might be one reason it's not hyped up. I mean, we're going to go over projections. I, I've said it, like you said it too, we would love to see Prime Ray back. He's, he's doing better, it looks like. I've got some numbers here, but like, I don't know if it'll be that close. Yeah, I mean, when people said, like, uh, people were talking about Jesus's deadlift and, uh, you know, the third pull is going to kill him, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to take a third pull to beat Ray. Uh, if, if Jesus goes seven for seven, I think he could possibly wrap it up with his Jesus second pull. Is actually a better, well rounded lifter than Ray is. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason because why Ray, the reason why I had such high hopes for Jesus was because of his deadlift. When he started coming up on the scene, his squad is obviously massive, good bencher, but that deadlift is something that Ray just doesn't have. Yeah, and Prime Ray does have Jesus on his squad, but I don't think we've got Prime Ray right now. And what I was saying where Jesus is more well-rounded is Ray's never been a great bencher. Um, And it's been even worse lately. I think he suffered through some injuries and even posted uh, a picture with a 500-pound bench saying no pain. So it sounds like in a good way, no pain, but like he's still been suffering through this injury where Jesus is benching 573. Yeah. Like even if, even if like Ray comes in and squats 1050, it's pretty much then offset by Jesus 
benching 60 to 70 more pounds than him. So that like Ray would need to probably squat well into the thousands to offset Jesus's bench, which then we get to deadlift. If Ray shows up and has his normal deadlift, which I, I will see, they're pretty much dead even on deadlift. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I mean, I'm going to put out some numbers for Ray. We saw Ray in training. Um, it looked like he hit, it was about a 940-ish squat. And it was decent. It wasn't like a smoke show, but it looked like it looked decent. So, like, I think Ray could possibly be good for, like, that 970 to 1,000-pound range. I'm going to probably say 980, but, like, let's say, like, top, top end. Like, we, he, he squats 1,000 again, which would be awesome. I still don't see after that with other things he's posting of going more than maybe like a 500-ish bench and an 800-ish deadlift. And that right there is probably about a 2,300 total where we talked about Jesus. Jesus might not just beat Ray from what it looks like. He's going to be able to beat prime Ray. I think Jesus can go 2,400. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. If he beats Ray... Then you have to start talking about just that performance that it would take to beat Ray and how much we could cover on that. Because that would be, in my opinion, the highlight of Raw Nationals. The guy who lifted the most amount of weight, the insane amount of weight, and he's an extremely young lifter, just turned 23. And he's going to potentially have one of the best performances in powerlifting history if he can do that 2400. I mean... Or that twenty, yeah, that twenty four hundred. Because I, I'm, 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 I sway towards more the super heavyweight side is just the amount of weight lifted, and he's he's putting up something stupid. It's looking like so. You know, battle is of course interesting because you have one of the best powerlifters of all time, Ray Williams, and someone who is coming to try to take that away from him. But also, the performance it'll take to get there might be a headline all of it itself. Yeah, and. In a good way, we're doing this matchup this week because Jesus just hit a massive PR this week, and he squatted 942. Um, and I think that was he said that that was on like not a good day. I think he said he did something the day before, or like maybe I'm wrong on that. Whatever it is, he hit 942, big PR. Um, we saw last meet he's probably going to hit more in the meet than he hit in the gym. Conservatively, I'm going to say he can squat 950. He's benched 573, so with like having to hold that weight and waiting for a start command and getting a nationals pause, let's say 565, and then deadlifts, I'll say anywhere between 840 and 881. I, I don't think he's posted anything that would warrant us saying, oh, he's going to be able to deadlift more than 881, which is his past meet PR. It's always possible. We, we, just, we just don't know. We haven't seen anything necessarily that's public that would tell us otherwise. So as you mentioned, he, his deadlift lockout, the 881 in the meet was good, but it can sometimes be a little bit of an issue with a little bit of a hitch there, and I believe grip too, to an extent, just a, a little bit. I yeah, I think so too. He he almost. Um, I actually have to get his uh, his his take on this. He sometimes seems to have like the Dan Bell kind of thing yes. going. I mean, it's not the same deadlift. He's wide. I mean, your, your quads just get in the way. Yeah, like you just get in the way. Yeah, he's he's a wider. Dan Dan Bell is more narrow stance with his deadlift but it just seems like it gets stuck um and i think i don't know if it's a grip thing when it gets stuck uh i think it's more so like just the weight kind of loses his loses his balance a little bit and that's what happens with his lockout but i don't know like i i see that occasionally in training and it just doesn't seem to me to be that big of an issue because it's 
Well, I'm using that as more of a storyline. I don't. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen. Yeah, I know. Saying, I, I'm. I'm seeing more like it just in an analytical side, just in competition. I think when you have three lifts to play with, or just you have to do six lifts before that with squat and bench, and then get to deadlift. I don't see it being much of an issue, if at all, an issue for him because. I just think that happens in training to a lot of lifters. Just like to deadlift fucking slips grip or something, or you lost balance at a weird portion of the lift. Um, I, yeah, I just don't know how uh, how much that factors into his his uh, his actual performance coming day. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm using worst case. Let's say he can only go 840 and his deadlift doesn't show up as much as he wants to. That's still twenty three fifty, and I, I I I'm thinking Ray's top end is twenty three hundred. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the other variable, Jesus has about the best depth for a big dude there is. Ray yeah. has had some issues with depth. Yes, yeah. he's, he's almost too big to where like it's it's hard to judge his depth. Yeah, I just I just like Jesus in this. I, I think Jesus is we. I don't think we ever. I mean, it was kind of we kind of thought maybe, but we just didn't seem it was possible that someone could like eventually top Ray, like prime Ray, but Jesus may be that dude who goes 2,500 by next year. Yeah. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, it's a very big possibility. This meet it's for me, it just comes down to execution. If I think Jesus can execute his lifts, I, I for sure think he's winning. Like that's, I guess that's what you said at the beginning where it might not be as close to some of the other battles. It won't be that close if if, if Jesus uh, executes. And really, the only thing Jesus does execute. Not saying he doesn't, but young lifter, not a ton of meats under his belt. So that's that's the only thing that's keeping me from being like hundred percent lock. Jesus is going to beat Ray. Is just the fact that he's. Uh, I think this is his third or fourth competition. Yeah. So, and did he? He didn't. He hasn't competed. Did not. This would be this would be his first national meet, correct? Yeah, first first yes. national meet, so, uh, national I, meet. I, never I, done the I, Arnold. I, never done. Mean, but I, I expect Jesus. I, I think Jesus can come in and leave numbers in the tank on each lift and be fine and, and fairly easily walk away with it, which is semi unfortunate. I love to see like an epic battle between Ray and Jesus. I just don't. I mean, maybe we will. Maybe we're wrong. But I just don't think we've seen anything from Ray to lead us to believe that like it's it's he's going to be able to put up 2400 as well so let, let me ask you this just just a, out of curiosity with ray's squat over under 9 30 i think it'll be I'm, i i would if i was a betting man i'd say under i could see him going a thousand ish but if i was a betting man right now i'd say under um, just cause again, we just, we had, we haven't seen much in training that would warrant thinking he's going well over a thousand. Yeah. That's what I was, that's, that, that's what I'm thinking too. Is this under that? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. And then we go from raw nationals 2019. I, I know it's kind of, he squatted under 900 and this is, this is weight. We're talking about this. Just it's, 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 uh, it's something to, it, it's something that's very hard to repeat. You know, a thousand pound squat. It's yeah. very hard to do that, especially even over nine hundred pounds. It's even hard to repeat. So I could see him. I could see him getting over nine hundred, but I think there's a certain threshold that I just don't see him getting because it's such a hard thing to come back from. Um, so I don't. I, w- I would be on the under two, and 
don't know, I think if that squat really doesn't show up for Ray, then it's it's really game over for him. But here's how I kind of see things unfolding uh, as far as the future goals, because I have uh, Ray Williams, or I have Jesus Alvarez uh, as my number one. Um, I'll put Ray Williams number two. But Derek Dowry is another guy who I think where we're always talking about Jesus and Ray or who's going to dethrone Ray or who's the next guy in line against Ray, I think the battle is going to eventually turn to Derek and Jesus. Yeah, and it's tough. We've got three others that are kind of like in the picture for that podium spot with Derek, Dowry, uh, Davon McFarlane, and Michael Estrologo. I'm probably butchering that. Neither of them, none of those guys really post too much. So Michael doesn't post lifts. Devon hasn't posted since February. And Derek, he squatted like 820 in April, but he hasn't really showed much since then. So it's, it's kind of hard to say. But if we're just taking, I mean, all we can really do is take past meet numbers. Um, Derek's got a pretty good lead on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gone over 2,100. I think we could probably expect that to happen again. Um, it didn't look like, I mean, just again, Michael and Devon haven't really posted much, so we can't make much prediction that they're going to go well over that. Um, Devon did squat 840 last October, and he posted that, and his best meat squat is 777. So I think he can definitely, he was about, he, he had a 2,000 pound total. I think he definitely probably is going to add 50 ish pounds to his, his squat, possibly, maybe some others. So that could be a little bit more of a battle. It's just hard to say, but. Yeah, I mean, Derek, he's coming from that Division One football background. He's pretty new to powerlifting in the grand scheme of things. Um, he's obviously built to do this. He's just a big freaking dude. Uh, and that would be awesome long-term to see him progress into the point where we're seeing a matchup of, of Derek and Jesus battling for it. Yeah, we I mean, all... Two others, uh, I forget their names. We had Thomas Davis, but he went to yeah. the uh, untested side, correct? Yes, and then who was the other guy we had that was... Big Country? Big Country. Yeah. Is he still... I think, so, interesting, so, um, yeah, so we got uh, the guys who were, were TD uh, and Trey Thomas. Um, yeah, Trey Thomas, yes. Yeah. Uh, he, I, he got, from what I remember, if anyone wants to correct me after the show, because uh, I'm trying to use uses based on my memory, which can sometimes suck, but... I think he got COVID. That hit him. It hits the bigger guys a little bit harder. COVID, uh, with you know the the loss of appetite and all that kind of stuff. Lost some weight, um, and then I think he got the injury bug a little bit short after. The same thing I believe happened with Derek Dowry, which prior or right after Raw Nationals, and then going into 2020 and 2021, I was really high on Derek Dowry. He was building a lot of momentum, and I think he had almost the same experience where, I, I don't know if it was an injury bug or, I mean, a literal bug with uh, COVID, but he was building something that I thought was a, a, a total that could possibly surpass Ray, too, if Ray has a bad day. It could have been Jesus and Derek in that number uh, two spot, or one and two spot. Uh, so that's why I think 2022 is going to be a really great Raw Nationals uh, for Derek coming back from that uh, because I believe he had a very a very similar experience where um, you know it, it, like he, I think he was forced out of the gym for a little bit and that's actually that's a little bit more important for those super heavies than um, you know the lighter guys uh, the super heavyweight the super heavyweights almost live like a different life 
like uh, when I when I talk to them about their eating habits and their training habits, it's completely different from mine. It's like I thought I had to eat a lot and you know try to get my weight up. I'm it's not even fucking close. These guys are these guys are pros at eating, and they have to be. If, if, if no, see, I could miss a meal and it won't really affect my training that much. It like if they miss consecutive meals, they aren't as efficient of a lifter at a lower body weight they need that weight yeah not only energy but leverage is obviously playing a big role there too yeah. so but yeah also I mean, uh really quick uh i don't mean to interrupt but uh davian mcfarland is also a very young lifter so he's in his early 20s too so i don't know i'm i'm really hoping for the future of this weight class um that it continues to have that massive prestige because ray bought so much of prestige to the super heavies and I similar to uh, boxing, similar to mixed martial arts. I always think a healthy, prospering heavyweight division is better for the sport because people want to see stupid weights being moved and they want to see big motherfuckers do it. And we have a future in the super heavyweights with Jesus, with Derek, with uh, Davian. Hopefully, Trey can come back to the platform. But yeah, I didn't realize Devon was that young. So yeah, for sure. Like I mean, that would be. I mean, because when it was Ray, it was basically just Ray, except when he get, went against Jezza Uepa, which there's issues there since Jezza was like no, was like well, Jezza and what's his name, uh, Kelly Branton. But issue there, Kelly Branton and Jezza were roided up. So um, yeah, it would be great to have four legit super heavyweights going at it over the next five years or so. That would yep. be awesome. But um, I think we're probably going to agree on this. I am kind of debating third place, but I mean, I got Jesus and then Ray one and two. I'm kind of debating Derek versus Devon. Yeah. I, I, we kind of have a better idea where Derek is, which I think we do like, which because he got sick, he probably can come in and hit about the same numbers. Devon hasn't competed since Ron Nats in 2019. And he hit a 2000 pound total there. Like I said, in February, he squatted 840, which was 60 pounds up from what he did at Nats. If he, if he, if he I, I assume he's had to add to his bench and his deadlift too. So I just, I just wonder there, I wonder if he's going to come in and throw out a big surprise. Yeah, I, I, I am too. And I just know that I, I, I in all honesty, I don't know exactly what's coming from Derek's training so far. I just don't. So I, I, but I mean, both of them are kind of just, I, I, I'm so high on Derek's progress that he was making after Raw Nationals that that's why I, I'm, I think I have a little bit more confidence in him going forward. But it will not surprise me to see uh, Davian in the top three. Well, who are you going third? I'm going, uh, I'm going Derek. All right. Well, just to have some fun here, I'm going Davion. All right. Sounds Davion. good. So we got some fun here, so we can have a little bit of difference. Because I, I, I think that's a toss up a little bit. I, I, I think he might come in and do something that we weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't argue against that. So, both of us have a new champion in the super heavyweight division with Jesus Ray second, Derek third for me, and Davian uh, for Steve. So, gonna be a very, very interesting. Uh, contest and it's going to be probably one of the most hyped because it's at the very end of the weekend everyone's usually there for whoever decides to stay 
Um, and, you know, whenever Ray's competing, it's going to call a crowd. So I'm very excited to see how that plays out for, uh, for the Super Heavies. But we're going to work backwards here and go back down to the 76 kilo division, who is going to be our very first crowned 76 kilo weight class champion. And looking at this just immediately, Daniela Mello is probably the runaway favorite for it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be too much. I mean, she's probably going to win on openers. Um, her training's going decent. I, I don't. I see some numbers that she's hit in the past, even though she's going to have to be at a lower body weight here, and she's cutting for this meet. So I, I could see her putting up pretty similar numbers, and maybe a slight little drop off. I could see maybe like, I mean, my prediction. I don't have any info on this, um, but I just based on how things are going, and that she's actually going to have to cut into the meat. I'm, I'm going to say like a really good meet for her would probably be either matching or about five to ten pounds off of what her best lifts are which that's going to put her over no matter what. I mean, she's, she's probably going over 1,300 on her total. Um, and that right there is probably going to be 150 pounds over second place. Mm-hmm. But that second to fourth battle is on. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is going to be very interesting with second through fourth place. We've got Dana McNeil, Jasmine Penn, and I might say this wrong, Kenya Webb. Um, all three of them's training is going really well, and I've got them all pretty much right stacked on top of each other. My predictions at around eleven fifty, mm-hmm. and that's just going to be a battle. This is going to be one of those we talk about eighty threes and ninety threes having kind of like these podium battles. I I don't know who's going to take that. I've got some ideas, but like all three of them, training's been going seemingly really well right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that was kind of my. I mean, this weight class. I'm not going to. I got to pick my words pretty wisely here because it's an interesting weight class because it's a new weight class and, but it kind of loses that luster when you have someone who potentially win on such a huge margin mm-hmm. and that's Daniela. But if you remove Daniela from the equation, put her in the 84s again, one, the 84s is arguably the most interesting weight class uh, because that rivalry between Amanda Lawrence and Amelo is one of the best, but this weight class would become even more interesting because you have Dana McNeil, Jasmine Penn, and Kenna Webb battling out for first, and that is the closest battle that you're going to get for a weight class champion. And those are all really, really solid lifters there, too. Um, uh, I mean, with Dana Dana McNeil, when we did the March Madness, is when I kind of caught hold of her training, and I I really like what I see see from her. I think she could definitely jump into that top, uh, top three position, but... Jasmine Penn, I was front and center for that hose call that she got from the Raw Nats judges, and she got hosed. She got hosed on that call, and um, I think I think she's going to put together a meet that's going to get her second, just really based on that alone. I, I've currently got her in second, pending the debate we'll have. Going back to Dana, she's the only one that's competed in this weight class. Yeah. She's competed in February. And we kind of talked about, like, on March Madness, it, it seemed like that cut got to her a bit. I assume she's maintaining a lower body weight now and doesn't have to cut anymore. Like, she's just maintaining. Her lifts are a lot better. Um, she was able to – she deadlifted in the gym, like, 515 at, like, a 9 and 9.5 RPE. She squatted 415 at a 9. And then no real bench videos. But if I take, like, she could squat 415 in the meet and deadlift 515, 
that puts her at 1150. And like, we have pretty good evidence of what she's already done in this weight class. But the thing is, is Jasmine for running through numbers. She actually just recently, I think it was yesterday or the day before she just hit a bench PR at 275 and it was pretty easy. And that's 20, 27 pounds over her current PR in, in a meet. Um, the issue lately has been deadlifts because of a back injury, but she deadlifted 418 at maybe like a six or seven RPE. And I know she hit a deadlift PR recently too, on like a double or something. And then she had a squat PR double at 418. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm coming out with numbers based off of this that I think are conservative that she very possibly could do 435, 275 and 440, 1150 total. And the last one we got is Kenya Webb. And I don't think she's near as well known because I don't think she's competed at national meet before. Um, and I think she's, I don't know if she's new to powerlifting, but she's more new to the national scene of like being on the main stage of like, she's going to be in these, these battles. She just hit a squat PR at 380, which is 33 pounds over her meat best. And I'd say it was like a nine RPE did a pretty easy 495 deadlift single and then bench 230 at maybe an eight. So I have her at 380, 245, 525, again, 1150. Where I'm struggling is I, I want to give the edge to Jasmine Penn. I, I think she's the most seasoned competitor here, and this weight class is suiting her probably very well, and I think she's going to do great in it. The only thing that's holding me back is I think Kenya Webb is going to have that last pull because Jasmine doesn't have, or at least I don't think she's going to have, a 500-plus pull. Kenya does. Yeah. So that's where the only thing I'm kind of hung up on is if it comes down to deadlifts and they're all pretty close, Kenya and Dana are going to have the edge over Jasmine in that aspect of getting the pull for the win. Yeah, I, 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 the we've been talking about a lot on these previews. The last pull, the last pull is a major competitive advantage that you have. Um, I'm just for me for with Jasmine Penn, it's really with the with just her. Her veteran experience in these situations, where I think she's going to take the smart attempts to go six or six, and then you know, I if he, even though she doesn't get that last pull, I'm confident in her going uh, six or six, leading in the deadlifts, and possibly eight for eight, nine for nine, because I think right now is just putting together. I I think putting together a nine for nine meet will be huge, uh, especially yeah, because it was just such a shame, you know, last time she competed, just getting that you know that that BS deadlift call, not winning the weight class. Um, I think going nine for nine at this meet will be big for her. Uh, and especially to get second, that'll be a huge redemption for her. So I, I think I'm more, a little bit more confident that I it might be a little familiarity bias there because I'm not as familiar with the, with, um, with, uh, Keanu Webb as I am with Jasmine, but, uh, I can see what you're saying though. That, that last pull is something. Trying to look up some deadlifting and some stuff here. Okay. The PR for Jasmine was 424 and a double. Like I said, she hit 418. She's attempted 474 before. If I'm looking at the numbers, obviously Jasmine, she has more meets than Dana and Kenya combined under her belt. And if you take away that deadlift call at Raw Nats and you take away the very suspect depth calls at IPF Worlds, pretty much every meet Jasmine goes eight for nine or nine for nine. Mm-hmm. She hits her list. Now, Kenya, I mean, she's only done, you know, it's hard to see she did, She's only done one USAPL meet. She went nine for nine. Dana, she looks like usually going around like seven to eight for nine. 
Um, I don't see any nine for nine meets. I see one, okay, one nine for nine. I see that the 2018 Arnold. So Jasmine's got the edge when it probably comes to meet day execution and having a history of, of made attempts. The other two aren't bad by any means, but Jasmine's got a slight uptick there. I, I mean, I'm pro- I'm going Jasmine second. I just trust that experience. And it looks like training is finally kicked into gear for her after a really rough 2020. And even Dana versus Kenya is hard to, to decide for third. I just think Kenya is making really good progress leading into this meet from all I've seen. So I think I'm going with her third. I think I'm going Daniela, obviously first, Jasmine second, Kenya third, Dana fourth, and then a quick shout out. We have some other people. I mean, if some people slip up, we've got Maria Daly, Rachel Everett, and Autumn Green. As people that are kind of looking like maybe they could flirt around that 1,100 total mark. So, like, if Kenya, Jasmine, Dana, if a couple of them slip up, they could possibly be in it. Um, shout out to Autumn because I coach her. I, I really think she's got a good shot at being top five and slipping in if something kind of, of kind of happens there. But, I mean, top four seems to be Daniela, Jasmine, Kenya, Dana. Yeah. I would go uh, almost same thing, Daniela, Jasmine, and I would go uh, Dana McNeil as my third. Okay, so we'll have the one little switch up there. You're going with taking Dana there. Can't yeah. blame you there. That's that's it. Like I said, that's just going to be whoever makes more lists because I I've got them all, at least off of what I'm looking at pretty much around the same total so and it's whoever makes more lifts also i think uh there was a little bit more hype going into this weight class initially when raw nationals rosters were announced uh or not officially announced because this weight class had what was it um Chloe dublin, Chloe and, dublin gina, and ayla thurston and gina hensley and well gina hensley she moved up to 84 yeah she moved up ayla dropped out and then chloe dropped out yeah, so that, I mean, that weight class, you know, I mean, with Ayla and Chloe, because I think Ayla is another one of those lifters who's possibly putting together something. Um, the Aura could have been putting together something that is is rivaling Daniela to a point. It was maybe somewhere in the future, but deactivated Instagram. Don't know, like, what's going on there. But, uh, like, that was someone, someone I was really curious about. Uh, and then, of course, Chloe Dublin. You know how good she is as a lifter. And, yeah, with Ian Hensley moving up. So, you know, a little bit of a different weight class than we anticipated when we saw the new weight classes being announced. This is one that we really had circled, but it's still going to be an interesting contest, uh, especially with those two to four spots. And that is going to do it for 76 kilo women. Now to the 100 kilo men, the weight class that Dennis Cornelius owns. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of going to be the Dennis Cornelius show, and no offense to the other lifters, but not only is it Dennis, it's also Dennis what seems like it's going to be an all-time best Dennis. We talked about on March Madness, if he could put up a 2,200 total, we could be talking about him being the best performance at Raw Nationals, and it's looking like he might do it. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is he's always kind of had an issue with deadlifts, with grip, as well as it just hasn't been his strongest lift he's been known for his squat and his bench his deadlift is looking great he just deadlifted on a stiff bar 740 for two and i'd say around an eight and a half rpe without straps and then he also posted a 765 deadlift but he, he tore his hand at the top like I, I think he can hit 755 and if he does that that is a pretty massive stiff bar usa plpr um and not to mention his squat and his bench are going amazing like I got him right now 
flirting right below off of my projections below 2200 and he could do it. I mean, I, I mean, he's obviously coming. He hit 870 um, at that USPA meet last year. So he might come in and hit 870 and bench a little more than I've got him at. Cause he actually hit a 575 bench. Mm-hmm. And he says his current body weight's 119.8. So he doesn't have to cut. Yeah. Usually in the past he's had to cut. I might make the prediction he's going to go over 2,200, and that might be more impressive than any other performance we see at Ron Atts, possibly. Yeah, he's always flirting with it too, right? Like, uh, I think a 2019 Ron Nationals, it does – this this happens at Ron Nationals or any sort of I, – I wouldn't even say sporting event where you don't have something that's, that's keeping you occupied. All you got is that one lifter who's kind of dominating, and then your mind kind of – your mind kind of goes else places because you're not as intrigued into battle. And people just kind of slowly forgot, like, it was it was bought up, I think, like two or three days after Raw Nationals that he had a total that I think was just a notch below raise at 2019 Raw Nats. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I mean, it was, that wasn't even Dennis's best meet. If Dennis had had a good meet, he would have beat Ray. Because I think Ray was like just below 2100 and Dennis was 2880 or 2087, which 2087 is not a good meet for Dennis. That was not a good meet. He's usually been more on that 2030, 2130 to 2150 mark. Um, 2188, I think is his best, maybe somewhere around there. 2157 or 2171 looks like that is his best USAPL meet at 120 kilos. Um, and like I said, I, I think he's going to go over 2,200. I think that's, I'm, I would bet money on it. Yeah. I mean this, I, I guess the, I would have to talk to him about this. I would maybe hopefully have him on for an interview sometime in the future, but staying motivated, like when you're in that weight class that you're, your head and shoulders better than the competition. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be for a couple of years to come. Like, what is the next motivational step? And is it, is it a certain number that you can hit? that will put you into this insane category of possibly being the best performer of raw nats and like going to a super heavyweight level. So I think, I don't think he's motivated. I've heard some on some other um, interviews. I don't think he's necessarily motivated by raw nats. He's motivated by IPF worlds because at IPF worlds, he does have a little bit more competition. All right. Well, I, cause he, well, he, he notoriously did, uh, the, he would just go where the competition was. He would go to the Kern, try to yeah. beat Larry Wheels. Well, he he had mentioned that like he did that, and then he realized he doesn't want to do it anymore. He said yeah. he finally got tired of the fact that like he was going up against guys who were not on the same level playing field as him. Um, and so he said he's pretty he's pretty set on being USAPL and IPF. And it sounded like talking about IPF USAPL split. I, I sounded like he would be someone that might go the IPF route. It seemed like that was where his his motivation lied. And it really um, it would it would it would make sense, right? Unless unless you get into like those Virginia Pro meets where you're trying to win based on Wilkes or yeah. Dots or whatever uh, formula or good lift. I think I would assume they would use good lift points. But yeah, I would just I, I was just curious how this type of lifter would stay motivated because. You need that motivation. I think that's a lot of lifter like they need that motivation within their weight class to keep on pushing them to higher totals. Where I don't know if his goal is like, okay, I got this total, I'm gonna try to like put a total that would be good for super heavyweights or best overall lifter. I'm just interested about that. So uh, yeah, I mean he's my clear number one. I think he's most people's clear number one. Uh, but when Isaac Whistler was on the show uh, back in his interview, 
He talked about just like from if you look at the numbers in this weight class, you just have a ton of guys from like one through or two through nine who can get podium. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like it's such fun. a free for all. There's a bunch of people all stacked around like 1,900 to 2,000. And that, that 2,000 mark is about the sweet spot. Um, that's about where it seems like you have to hit to probably podium. Because um, I think probably the, the biggest players here for that podium spot are Jared Martin, Blake Atwell, Blake Atwell, Tristan Nasalrod, and Nathan Alexander. Mm-hmm. All of them have totaled over 1,900. Jared's totaled over 2,000. Unfortunately, most of them don't post much training. Jared doesn't post much. Tristan doesn't post anything. Blake has posted a couple things, and Nathan's going to post. It's, it's kind of hard to kind of give a breakdown of these four lifters because there's just not a ton to go off of. But Jared and Blake are pretty uh, – right word for it? Um, pretty experienced. I mean, they've been on the national scene for a while. Jared's last meet was 2019 Ron Nats, where he totaled 2011. So, like, if he just matches that, I pr- I'm pretty sure Jared probably got second place locked up. I, I mean, like I said, he doesn't post much. He did say in March he was getting back to things after a back injury, so I don't know if that's going to be an issue. Mm. But, yeah, I, I, I saw with Blake Atwell, he recently hit a bench PR at 479. He squatted 750 at, like, a nine, a pretty hard rep, but usually these big guys get a little bit of a taper, so maybe he's, he's everything in training looks pretty good for him. Uh, and then Nathan Alexander, he actually did compete recently at um, in December, but he I don't think he tried to cut. He was four pounds overweight, and he hit 705, 429, 826 for a 1962 total, um, which, again, that puts him right in that area, like that 2,000 mark of all four of those guys being kind of right on the brink there of kind of who hits more lifts. Yeah, I – yeah, I'm just – again, it's a very – after Dennis, uh, it's a really interesting weight class – in the sense that I don't know what people are going to do. Like, I guess the 120 kilo men um, don't have the social media darlings as much as the other weight classes do. Like, aside from Isaac Whistler, like, and Dennis Cornelius, obviously. And he, I think he's sub 10,000 followers too on Instagram. And he's like arguably one of the best lifters in USAPL history, um, yeah. especially in the raw weight classes. Like, they all keep a relatively low-key uh, Instagram presence, so it's going to be a surprise for me. But also, doing predictions, I don't know how to predict these guys. I, I really yeah, don't. I mean, I'm, pretty much, I'm pretty much just going to predict based off of past performance. I don't think we have anything to really know about going into the meet too much. So, for me, I had Jared Martin and Blake Atwell 2-3. and three. The one that I thought was kind of interesting, Nathan Alexander, he's got the big pull. He's pulled 821. He pulled 826 at his last meet. He does have the big pull, but he'd have to pull something crazy to be able to pass that 2000, I think. So therefore, I mean, I, I, I'm going to go Jared and Blake two and three, just, just based off of past performance and, and not really having too much else to go off of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even with the variability, I might have to match your uh, calls here. Um, I think one of the storylines that maybe two way lives can create if, Dennis totals 2,200. Is that the most impressive performance at Raw Nationals? It's going to be up there. Obviously, we got to see what some other people do. If Jesus goes 2,400, if uh, Taylor goes 8,25 plus, um, if Keiko goes 900 kilos, um, 
if Amanda can top her current, oh, I was talking guys, we talk women, Amanda talking, or we're going to talk about Heather, Daniela, and Amanda a little bit more, but um, yeah, and obviously we'll see what Sean and Russ do, if they can go 850 to 860. I mean, there's a lot of big performances coming, but I, I at 120 kilo be huge. That would plausibly get second in the heavyweights behind, depending on what Ray does. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, I think, something that's kind of discussed every year, but it doesn't get the same social media attention and I would I would like it to because I think that's an incredible feat that should that that I, I, I don't know like with power lifters it's to me whenever someone lifts that amount of weight it should always be impressive. And it doesn't matter if like there's a super big storyline attached to it. It's just it's incredible. But with that being said, that was our predictions for the hundred and twenty kilo men now on to the 84-kilo women. And much like the 120s, 84 kilos belongs to Amanda Lawrence. Yep. I mean, she'll probably she'll really easily win off of openers. I mean, she's probably going to out-total by over 200 pounds. Um, the, the more question we're going to talk about at the end here is kind of Amanda versus Heather versus possibly Daniela for, like, best overall lifter. I think that's more in the discussion. For Amanda, her training's going well. I, I just don't know if I've seen anything lately that would lead us to believe she's going to do uh, like anything crazy over what she did at that meet in November. Like, I, I, it pretty much looks like she's on track for pretty similar numbers. Maybe a little bit of a bench PR, but I mean, deadlift and squat—it just depends on kind of how she tapers and peaks. It looks like she's around that same area of like fourteen twenty to fourteen thirty. I, I mean, that's about what I'd expect. I'd expect about a repeat performance of that. Which, if she does that on national stage. That's incredibly impressive. Um, what it comes down to is those podium spots, and that comes to down to Margaret Hampton, Gina Hensley, Kiana Peak, and Gabriella Antla. Yeah, uh, we've got four lifters there who are going to probably be battling for those top, that second and third spot. Um, and in particular, it, it's looking like Margaret, Gina, and uh, Kiana. Gabriella she could be there. Um, I haven't seen a ton of her training. She had some training up, and then it was taken down, actually. But I went to go try and uh, look back and see if I wanted to change any of my predictions. Um, she's very young. I think she just she just graduated out of the team division. So I expect her to be making continual progress and be in this discussion for a long time. But the person who's made some serious progress lately, um, and she hasn't posted a ton lately, but like leading into her last meet, she crushed it, is Margaret Hampton. Mm-hmm. She made a massive leap into her last meet, and looking at some numbers, um, she deadlifted 507 in her last meet, and she crushed 507 in April. Absolutely crushed it. Um, she just benched 220 and like a 9 RPE, which is 11 pounds over. Um, didn't see much, see much squat training. So I, I really think Margaret, she probably is going to go upper 1100s, maybe, maybe flirt with that 1200 mark. And I, I put her as a pretty – she's pretty strongly – my favorite to get second behind Amanda. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. Um, I would, I would, I would say definitely up there with her uh, with uh, with Amanda would be Margaret. Um, I think with Amanda, this this might actually be the largest margin of victory in uh, potentially in Raw Nationals. I think right. Yeah, I think a Beck a Beck could be placed that over under how much pounds she uh, she could potentially win by, but. Uh, Margaret, yes, definitely up there. They've all competed in 2022, so uh, we have a recent idea of what they can do. 
Uh, Margaret just kind of found her Instagram page. Uh, and I agree with you. I would put her at that second place. And again, with these three lifters, um, I with trying to round it out and trying to find that third place, it's a little bit difficult because they have pretty similar totals. Um, Keona Peak has probably the better projected total over Gina. On this one, I just don't know much of what's going on with Keona recently. Yeah. Gina, she, so looking at numbers, she hit a squat PR in April at like 407. So we see some improved squat over her last 396. Um, tempo bench 231, pretty easy. That doesn't really tell us a ton. Um, and then pause deadlift 419. Again, hard to make a big projection off of that. Gina's the one with a bunch of experience, though. I mean, Gina's been competing since she was 18 and competed at 2014 Raw Nats. She's extremely experienced. Uh, Kiona competed back in 2019 Ronats. Looks like she had kind of an okay meet. It wasn't her best performance. Um, Gina's the one that's going to have a little bit of a game day execution uh, uh, advantage. Where Kiona, at least if we're looking at gym lift, she has the advantage. She just deadlifted 469 for a double. Um, she hit a PR squat, I believe, at 430 but hasn't posted as much recently. I, I'm going back and forth on this because if you're looking at training, it looked like Kiona's training was trending to a higher total, but Gina's a game day performer. I remember her at 2019 Raw Nats and she just crushed it. She absolutely crushed mm-hmm. it. That 84 kilo class back then um, in that, in that year, other than Amanda was wide open and Gina put on a show. And since then she's progressed even more and hasn't competed though, since the Arnold, I think I'm probably, I, I, I actually didn't think I, I was, I thought I was going to go Kiona, but I think I'm going to switch to Gina because I, I'm going to take that meet day experience. I, I think that's going to come in handy here when it, it when the t- totals are getting that close. Well, then you ruined it for me because I was going to pick Gina too. So uh, you, ru- you ruined a little bit of fun that we were going to have, but yeah, I would, I would, I guess trust Gina in this situation more uh, valuing that veteran experience in the platform. And also training has been looking good for her. And when I did her meet at the Ultimate Warrior, she said she looks like she's locked down her depth, too, on squat. Um, and, it, like, when someone does certain things like that to fix a constant issue that they have and actually kind of nail it, I, I, I get a little bit more confident in them. Uh, I might be a little bit biased because that was the meet I told late 100 kilos at, and she was directing it, so big shout-out to Gina there. But, yeah, I would put her in my third. Um, yeah, base. I thought you were going to go with Kiana um, uh, Peak here. Your- but That's you, you ruined it for us. You in. ruined us having fun, Steve. Congratulations. Yeah. I, I was going to, but then I looked at Gina's open hey. powerlifting. Hey. I can't deny that. You know what? That's how you know the Two White Lights is being honest. And uh, I don't know. Someone once put it in uh, trying to make the sport more interesting because it's dull as dirt. I don't know who said that. Might have to go on an Instagram story. But, uh, yeah, those are our genuine picks there. So, all right. We got it. One, two, and three. We're going to talk about Amanda Lawrence a little bit later uh, as far as um, how she stacks up with the best overall female lifters. And now on to the 84-plus division. And this this episode is we, – we got a lot of just like staples or cornerstones in a weight class. And Bonica Brown. Yep. Yeah. Check mark. I mean, I don't want to discredit Amanda Martin because Amanda Martin is insanely strong. She has a private account, so we don't know how her training's going. Maybe she's going to come shock the world. 
but I, I we've, and Monica doesn't post training either, but I think we've both kind of heard through the grapevine that her training is going well and her equipped, as we talked about in March Madness, her equipped training total has gone up significantly. So with the assumption she's prioritizing raw into this, I expect an amazing meet from Monica. So I, I, I mean, that's going to be for me a pretty, pretty easy first. And honestly, it's going to be a pretty easy second with Amanda Martin. The, the fun was going to be that battle for second if we had Amanda Martin versus Sarah Brenner. Um, unfortunately, Sarah Brenner had to drop out. So we pretty much got it locked, in my opinion, for Monica and Amanda. We don't have much to talk about since we don't have any training footage from them other than we know they're both going 13 to 1,400 totals. And the, the storyline could be is, is Amanda closed the gap there. Um, she possibly could. I mean, last meet, Bonica went 13.88. And last meet, Amanda went 13.61. That, that was definitely a down meet for Bonica. She also just pulled a YOLO deadlift versus like taking a conservative second attempt or third attempt or whatever it was. Um, so I'm sure she had more if she wouldn't have just YOLO'd that. But um, we've got a little closer battle for that third spot, which is Alexis Jones, Gabrielle Phelps, and Mackenzie Hoven. They're all very closely stacked around that like 1240 to 1270 mark. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh... Amanda Martin, all I, I actually do follow her. Uh, she has a private account, but I do follow her. And yeah, she's a person who I think is actually figuring out, you know, competing, um, and is really making a lot of progress there. So um, yeah, closing the gap a little bit there, Bonica. That's uh, going to be interesting with uh, years to come. But I just don't see anyone really being beating Bonica right now. Um, yeah, and with uh, yeah with these projected totals that you have extremely close between uh alexis gabrielle and mckenzie yeah the biggest so alexis just competed at collegiate nats so we have a very like brand new total that we can expect to seemingly be about repeated um i i, I put my notes per the midland way she doesn't post much because it seems like for college kids midland lifters just never like to post and don't care about clout um, so I'm just going to assume she's going to be around that like 1274 mark again. Um, Gabrielle Phelps training looks good. I just didn't, I don't know if I saw anything necessarily that was going to say that she was going to have some massive breakout performance where I could say she could leapfrog Alexis and make up that about like 20, 30 pound difference. The one that was a little bit, definitely has had some good training is Mackenzie Hilvin. She's hit some pretty big squats, albeit they are a bit high. So I don't, she's going to have to bring, she's going to have to sink those a bit more. Um, and they're pretty easy though. She hit 530. Her best squat in competition is 500. She hit 530 pretty easy, and she deadlifted 540. And her best deadlift is 523. Didn't see any bench posts, but I think she's the one that could possibly make a run in Alexis. But just based off of recency, Alexis has done it. I don't see anything significant to tell me she would get beat. I'm going to have Alexis in third. Yeah, um, with with uh, uh, Gabby Phelps, it's hard. I remember just with her describing just eighty four plus weight class. He's this is where weight in this weight class becomes really important. Just your basic body weight because he is significantly lighter than the other competitors. Where it's like it's a massive, massive disparity between some of the top ones and then some of the people within the lower end of it. And she kind of gets hurt by that. And, you know, and then also 84 is a very tough weight class for her to hit. So I, I, it does leave, it does leave some room to get much stronger though. I will say that yeah. it, it does leave some room to get stronger. Um, because 
you know, you have that uh, maybe the weight gain with the leverages, but also just as far as just improving your total. Um, I would. She'd, she'd be she'd be a, she'd be the favorite to win ninety kilo if there was ninety kilo class. Yeah, if there is in USBA. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like the, that weight class is the, this weight class is interesting because of that because it just you're really at a severe disadvantage sometimes um, when there's when it's all above eighty four keys. But I would have to agree with you though, Alexis Jones. Uh, just coming off of collegiate nationals. I and also I think putting together something, obviously a young lifter, putting together something that could potentially get her into the same level as Abanica, um, as were Amanda Lawrence, or if you know, if she was competing, Sarah would be in this weight class. I think she is going to be the future of this weight class as well. So I, I would I would be confident with her at third as well. Yeah. Alright, so we got both have Bonica winning, Amanda second, Alexis Jones third. And that wraps it up. And That's also, just just watching this weight class, though, just because like we didn't give it as much time as the other ones, Bonica is a treat to watch for anyone who is going to be at Raw Nationals. She is just a fantastic, fantastic lifter to just watch, see her squat, bench, and deadlift. Just a master at it. Like, you were watching a true master at the lifts when you watched her. So, um, if, if you... If you're looking for it at Raw Nationals, definitely tune in to watch uh, the 84-plus women compete. And I, I wonder if she's going to have a little more motivate Because, I mean, we talked about, kind of talked about Dennis and not having competition, like maybe not having motivation. I'm not saying Bonica wasn't motivated, but I wonder if she's a little bit more motivated now. Yeah. Um, to make sure she hits the highest total of Raw Nationals. Yeah. Not Amanda. Yep. So that that's actually more... I. That's a, that's a storyline in its own right is who hits the highest total, Amanda or Bonica. And I would put my money on Bonica because I think she I think she can go 1450 plus. Um, and she obviously has the advantage of experience and I, I think her training's going well. But yeah, that, that maybe that sparks the motivation where Bonica brings something in a performance just we haven't seen from her before and even though she's been competing for years. Yeah, I agree. That is going to be that. Oh, people are always looking for that motivation. And from what our understanding when we did the March Madness, there is definite motivation to have the highest total at raw nationals um yep. so yeah that's going to be interesting to see but looks like we are done with our weight classes those are all our predictions all of our hot takes um and we are going to see very shortly if those are correct now when you're in a powerlifting meets there is always to wrap things up the best overall lifter uh from male and female side so I think just maybe maybe we can use this as our tiebreaker. If me and the Oracle are tied uh, throughout this uh, predictions that we're doing, this could be our tiebreaker on who we think the best overall lifter is going <coughs> going to be. So let's start on the male side. I think during March Madness we were kind of showing our hand with who who we think is going to be the best overall lifter. I have Ashton Rouska. Taylor Atwood, and let's maybe do three here, just to keep it, um, you know, to the two white lights format. I would have Jonathan Keiko as my third. Okay. I'm still sticking with Taylor Atwood. Going. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something. 
if we were doing the one Oh fives today, I'm going back and forth on if I'm picking Ashton or Bryce. Oh, I picked Ashton, but I'm going back and forth. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it weird that I'm like this confident in Ash? No, it's not weird. I, it's not. Because I kind of just, I, I see. I don't know. I, I see Keiko. Oh, might be. This might be a hot take. I see Keiko getting challenged a little bit more than Ash. I don't agree with that. I think. I think if Ash goes seven for nine or eight for nine, he can still win. He does not need to go nine for nine. Bryce needs to go nine for nine. I don't. I definitely don't agree with that. Okay, think, well, we're gonna I, see. I think. I think if. Ashton misses the lift and Bryce goes nine for nine. Bryce wins. And it also is dependent, I'm going to bring this up, it's dependent on the attempt selection strategy they use for Ashton. Because one thing with Ashton is they typically take big jumps because he gets he gets decently fatigued from those more normalized jumps. When he misses a lift, it's a lot bigger of an issue than most okay. people. Okay. That's a big issue if he jumps 25 kilos and he misses a lift versus uh, a more normalized jump of like, let's say 15 to 17 and a half kilos or something like that. Okay. I don't know. I'm not changing my pick, but it's close. It's very close. I, I'm, I'm going to go Taylor. I'm not changing that. I'm going Ashton. And then I'm going to be biased because I believe in it hundred percent too. Sean's going to be third. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that would make sense. If he wins 83, you would probably have the best technical good lift points on that. Uh, I just kind of think Keiko's one of my favorite lifters. I'm just showing him some love there. Uh, he is, like, legit. The Him him and Atwood, and actually Connor Borker kind of falls into the same category. When I watch them, I just want to be them. I want to be them. Uh, more, more of Keiko's and Borker's personality, but <laughs> I want to be more of Taylor Atwood's lifting. Um uh, because I think it's just the gold standard of how they approach the sport. So, okay, those are my three. Now for the women's side. And the women's side, to me, is is very contentious of how this could play out because I think a lot of people would assume Amanda Lawrence would have it number one. But I don't know. I like Heather Connor to have the best good lift points uh, when it's all said and done around nationals. I think she could definitely do it. I, it's possible if if Heather. The only thing holding me back from saying that is we definitely see Heather's deadlift is massive. Her bench has improved. Her squats pretty similar. If, if she was showing me that she had another five to seven and a half kilos on squat, I'd jump bandwagon right now and say Heather over Amanda. So so if she puts forty pounds on her deadlift though, because I think you're a little bit better with the math than me, and Amanda Lawrence's lift stays stagnant from her last meet, which still has the best good lift performance. Where does that put Heather as far as good lift points go? So what do you so forty pounds over her so she hit four oh seven last time, so you're saying four forty seven? I think you get it four forty. Four forty? Yeah. So if she PRs her bench by ten pounds and about hits the same deadlift, that's about a a forty five pound PR total, nine fifteen. So let's do the numbers here, nine fifteen total. Uh, let's see her body weight at her last meet. Heather Connor. She weighed in at 99. Yeah, she cruises around 98 to 100 pounds. 120.55. 
That would not beat Amanda's 122.17. All right. Just wondering with that, with that increase on deadlift alone, what would happen there, I guess, with the bench too. But I, I just, I don't know, I, I am a little bit more confident. Uh, with Heather improving from me to meet uh, than Amanda Lawrence, and that's m- mostly because Amanda Lawrence, it's put together now, Amanda, an all-time meet. If Amanda misses a lift... Like she went 1424, and we're saying she's probably going to do around the same thing. If she misses a lift, that takes her probably down to 1400, and if she does, it's a 120.1 dot score, or uh, not dot score, GL score, which then Heather would win. But that's with Heather going nine for nine and Amanda going eight for nine. Okay. All so right. I would be I would be confident in saying whoever goes nine for nine between those two wins best overall lift. Which Amanda has only gone nine for nine once, correct? Her last meet. Yep, it was at the last meet, which it was a local meet, but she had national judges, and looking at those lifts, they were solid. They were good. I, yeah, that I, was a 9-for-9 nine nine legit meet. Any question marks there, which she's obviously had issues in the past at these bigger meets with with uh, making lifts. Um, that was not an issue with judging. Um, didn't have to travel, though, I don't believe. So that's that's one thing there. Yeah. If that changes anything. Uh so I think you're. I'm still going to stick with Amanda. I think you're biasing Heather, which will be fun. We'll yeah, I think I, that's uh, was something. I think during the Mark Madness, I kind of wanted to see was who because I don't think it's actually being discussed a whole lot with best overall lifter of Amanda Lawrence and uh, Heather Connor. But I think I think there's a legitimate contest there, and I I personally think that Heather has. I I personally think that Heather can have that nine for nine meet together there, but. We will see, and then the third because we got to go through tiebreakers. Daniela Mello. I'm, I'm doing GL score. I'm still sticking with Daniela. Yeah, she'll, I don't. She's she's had something crazy still. Yeah, she'll. I mean, even if she doesn't match her total, um, she, just because of the weight cut um, and because she was already ridiculous, I, she, it's going to be pretty hard for anyone to to get third. I think Sam Calhoun's the closest. I I might be wrong on that, but I think Daniela's. Pretty solid in that third spot right now. Yeah, uh, Sam Calhoun's up there, though. I think they're about, uh, as far as their best good lift points that they've put together, I think Sam's got to be at, like, 115 and Danielle at 116, right? 113? Sam, Mantha. 113 for Sam. 116 for Dan. So yeah, it's with possible the, with the lower weight class, time. though, it's probably going to end up to be the same, though. Yeah, Danielle. I mean, Daniela's that was at one eighty four, so she's weighing in at one sixty seven with similar numbers. Hers goes up, where Sam's just going to straight have to add to her total, which she's she's looking like she's going to. I think that's just going to be hard to get, but I, I would put Sam fourth. I mean, I, I feel very confident in Sam being fourth in that. Um, well, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make this fun. I'm gonna go Sam third. Okay. Monica's up there too. Yeah, she hit 1488, a 1488 total back in 2018, and her GL See, score is 113.78. And that this is Sam. I yeah, I guess yeah, that's that's true. This is where good lift points suck because it's just like if it, it does kind of favor lighter weight classes, but that's how good Monica is. So yeah. All right, I, I I will have to I will still have to go with Sam. Okay. Sam there. All right, so. Those are our best overall female and male lifters, uh, you know, because you always have to end out uh, Raw Nationals on that. But, you know what, that's going to do it for our preview. You are going to have this to listen to. 
up until Raw Nationals. If you guys want to replay the first two to get yourself more excited for it, if you're going to be in Daytona Beach, if you're not going to be in Daytona Beach, hopefully this got you hyped. I know I'm hyped. I'm excited, man. Uh, We'll see if we might be able to do some backroom interview stuff. Obviously, I don't think either of us are going to do it. Maybe uh, it'll be hard. It'll be very. This meet is going to be very difficult. Yeah. But what can happen, which I'm making no promises. Are you spectating other days? Well, I am spectating other days, but making no promises only because, let's face it, with the Instagram stuff, or Instagram Live, it's good to an extent. Like, occasionally it could just be a lot of background noise going on and it just kind of sounds like shit. Uh, So it would have to be in a good setting. But here's what can happen. I'm going to be out there uh, Monday or Sunday in Daytona Beach. I'm going to be training Monday and Tuesday. And, you know, everyone who goes to Raw Nationals knows that there is a, like, one to two gyms that people kind of scope out and go and train there. Possibly could uh, have some on-the-fly interviews there, um, or just uh, just a couple of uh, just cool story posts with um, with some of the lifters. Well, if anyone wants to do that, they can do that. I'll be doing interviews at Harry Potter World on Monday. If anyone wants to join me there, <laughs> I'm serious too. I'll be going. I know. To Harry Potter World. No, I'm not doubting you. I know that's that's. I mean, yeah, that I a- see any lifters there. Come find me at Harry Potter World. We'll do some two white lice interviews <laughs> in front of uh, the. Wizardy Is that a Wizardy. Daytona Beach? What, what, what's the deal with Harry Potter? It's in Orlando. We're gonna have to go to Universal. Okay, that's like uh, that's you, like what forty minutes going away. Early so we can vacation a little bit. That's like forty minutes away, Orlando. An hour. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, like, what's I was thinking about going to Miami, but that's like two hours away. But sure, man. Yeah, if you guys want that, uh, you can definitely uh, tune into Steve's uh, Instagram live and. If there's any power, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if any power lifters are there. It would be the correct choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But you know what? That'll do it. For our previews, we are also going to see who has the better predictions. Yep. I honestly, at this point, have no fucking idea. I thought I kind of had an idea, and now I don't. Now, we'll probably be wrong on like 50% of these. Yeah, probably. I can see, I can also, you know, with some of these things, these uh, weight class battles we're posting, you know, like 105s, you know, I'm thinking Cayman battle, if, like, if Ashton really slips up, Cayman could be that guy who jumps in, like Mikey, no one thought Mikey D was going to get second in 2019. Well, it's, it's, I mean, again, we we have limited access, this isn't. NFL football where there's people on site being able to see every little detail. Like we're just, all we've got is Instagram. And also, and also NFL scout, I mean, they're also wrong too on a lot of these things and don't have great information because like, say if they're trying to cover the new England Patriots, Bill Belichick doesn't tell them a thing. Yeah. You can't see a thing from the, from the new England Patriots. They see everyone else, what they do, but they don't see what's going on with new England Patriots as far as like, I mean, they post their injury reports five minutes before the game. As well as everything looks so great the week before nationals. Yeah. Probably well more than half the people we discuss totals will not hit those totals. Everyone right now is feeling the strongest they have ever felt, the lightest they have ever been, and their openers are moving the best ever. Every single competitor at Raw Nationals 
who is comp or who's competing at Raw Nationals are saying those things. So we'll see who comes to play. Yeah, we'll, we will see who uh, can actually uh, execute on the platform when it comes down to it. And that will do it for Two White Lights. We will still have an episode next week. I don't know when it's going to drop. We are both very busy uh, next week because that is Raw Nationals week. But I think I will find some time to drop the interview we're going to have. We're going to announce it on Two White Lights who that host is or who that guest is because it's going to be a very, very fun uh, interview and very interesting interview as well. So stay tuned for that. Remember to listen to those first two preview episodes as well. And peace.